Isaiah 66, verse 7. Please listen to the word of the Lord. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her. I, I, I just, I'm going to quit right there and turn over and read just a verse or two of Scripture out of John, just one verse in John, St. John chapter 16. This was Jesus talking. He was talking about a, a little different time and a little different circumstance, and he was trying to, trying to tell the disciples he was going to have to go away, and they I don't think they really fully understood until he actually was crucified and resurrected, but he was trying to tell them that you're, in other words, you're going to see me for a while, and then you're not going to see me, and he, he, he's telling them, it's, it, then it's just going to be a little while, and you'll see me again, you know, and they couldn't fully grasp that, and he began to try to tell them, now, you're, you're going to be sorry. You're going to be very sorrowful, but he said the world's going to rejoice. He was speaking about his day affair, and he began, to, he began to relate that to a woman. In John 16 and 21, he said, A woman, when she is born, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And tonight you just pray for us. That's all I need to read. And I, I begin to think about this meeting. Now, we've known it for, I've had it on my calendar for a long time. I used to write it down. It's one thing cell phones is sort of handy for, that little calendar in there. You can sort of put it in there and give yourself a reminder. And, and I'm not a real high-tech person, but I have learned to do a few of those things, and, and, and I've known that it was a coming for some time. As we begin to try to pray, we've had a meeting or two before this, and, and, and you know, we, you can't always, you can't, you can't, I can't be a thinking about old Union's revival and being revival at Caney Fork. You, you, you have to just take them as God gives them to you, and, but as the weeks begin to draw closer. We begin to try to ask the Lord, Lord, we need your help and we need, we need your leadership and desire your presence and your power. You see, lost sinners can't be saved without the power of God. It, it takes that. 
And, and it, it does take the preaching. It, the, you may, and I know a lot, of, we won't get into that, and I won't argue that with folks much, I don't guess, but, but it, it does take the preaching to reach lost sinners. It pleased God, the Bible said, by the, by the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. But preaching, the Bible said the gospel, if you just bear with me a few minutes, but the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Unto them that don't believe, the Bible says it's foolishness. But as I begin to think about the meeting, God began to lay this scripture on my heart over there in Isaiah. And, and, and he began to try, he was trying to let them folks see. He said, in other words, and I won't probably even quote it all right, but he said, will she bring forth before she ever has the pain. He was uh, trying to get them to and using a natural, I guess, example to understand what it would take. And we're living in a day, and I've said this for a long time now, most folks won't, they won't microwave religion, they won't microwave salvation, we just want to pop it in for a few minutes, and when the little buzzer tings, take it out and everything's all right. But I'm going to say for a lost sinner to get saved, there's got to be some sorrow. And, and you may think when I preach her, I, I don't want my children to be sorrow. But the, I believe it was David maybe that said, I found trouble and sorrow. And, and I won't get all that just right, but I believe the, uh, the, the pains of death or the sorrows of death and the pains of hell, he said, God, hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then, he said, called I on the name of the Lord. You know that night, Wednesday night in June, July, when I was just a little boy in 1973, I, I, I never thought about calling on the Lord. I, I never thought that night about seeking the Lord and being saved uh, until the trouble come. I, and when the trouble come I, and the sorrow come, I, I begin to see my need to seek God. I, I begin to see myself as a lost sinner. I, and I thought about that night. I, this week I've thought about it. I don't get to be at my home church very much uh, and I try to go when I can uh, and, and uh, being around there it brings back those memories uh, I've told y'all before it's, it's laid out uh, much like this church is laid out ceilings almost identical uh, three rows across uh, I'm laid out so much like this church uh, uh, but it brings back those old memories uh, and how God dealt with me uh, and how he drawed me that night to an altar of prayer uh, and I thought about them old saints of God uh, uh, that I'd growed up around there seeing and hearing them testify about the Lord uh, saving their soul uh, and worry. Some of them I can still hear. Uh, uh, some of them Brother Don Cooksey uh, got saved down at the Brush Arbor meeting at Tracy Creek. Uh, he is an old deacon there. Brother Enoch Carter uh, got saved at the old Methodist church that is right off the bank is where it was uh, uh, from my home church back then. I went home, I, I just, just pray for me. I, I, he went home, he got to doubting. The Bible said, and you may think tonight, I, I, and I, I ain't, listen, I ain't gonna fuss at nobody for doubting. I, God called 12 and one of them was a doubter. I ain't gonna fuss at you. But I will say this, if you've been doubting for years, you ain't praying hard enough. 
because you don't have to doubt for years. God can fix you up. <laughs> you don't have to. You may say, preacher, you don't understand. I do understand. I, I, well, I have been a doubter, but I, me and my daughter, she rode, we rode together today down to day service, and we was talking about it on the way back. And I said, the thing about it is, I said, I've, I saved one as nine, probably when I was about 12 or 13. I, I, you know what happened? And I could go through a whole lot, but I... I Different things happened in my life. We'd had an accident. I had a brother that, that went through some things, and it changed his. He, he was a different brother. I mean, he was just a different person than what he was before the accident. I won't go through all that. Brother Mike's here tonight. He, he, he knows. We, we was, he was ahead of me in school, but he knows. But, but it changed my brother. And I was just a young boy, you see, and I was trying to deal with all this. And, 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 and he got back home, and he, 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 he was just different. Had a brain injury. And, and I, you know, and I couldn't, even though I was saved, I wasn't grown enough in the Lord to just learn to God knows what's best and to trust him. I was still a kid. And see, the devil knows how to play in your mind, even as a kid, even as an adult. And so the devil just, he just began to wear me out as a young boy. And those little, I'd go to church. We still went to church every Sunday. And, and that little knocking would come. I needed to stand testifying. Thank the Lord for saving me. Well, I wouldn't do it. I just got cold. And then, let me tell you something tonight. If you're here and you're a saved individual, you go to backing up on God and you go to pushing his spirit away from you, you will get cold and indifferent. And if you stay there very long, the devil will have you doubting. It's just the way he works. It, listen, you've got to understand, the devil's been in this game a whole lot longer than any, any of us have. He knows every trick. He knows everything that he can turn over to get people confused. Uh, but that's what he done to me. And, and he couldn't make me believe that something didn't happen. I, I mean, I knowed something happened. But he told me it wasn't what was going to get me there. It wasn't enough. And boy, I mean, I got in a bad shape. Y'all probably heard this before, but I got in a bad shape. And we had uh, just maybe the year before, or the accident, or might, might have been the year of. We, we actually, and I know some of y'all probably going to think this is funny, but we added on to the side of our little house, and we got a bathroom that had a door on it that would lock. We'd never had that before. And I remember I got in such bad shape that night. I woke up from my bed, I got up from my bed, and I went in that bathroom, and I locked the door. And I said, God, I'm not leaving here till me and you get this fixed. I've got to know what happened to me down there. I've got to get an answer. And I can't tell you how long I was in there, but I was in there long enough you know what he done? He took me right back to that very same spot that he spoke peace to my soul. Now, I was probably, like I said, 12 or 13 at that time. I ain't doubted since. Why? Because God gave me assurance and he took me back to the same place. And listen tonight, if he's ever saved you, I'll say this to you. There's a time and a place. You may not know the day. You may not know the year. You may not know the month. But there's a time in your life that you can go back to that you know that burden of sin was rolled away and that peace came in and the love of God was shed abroad in your heart and it set you free from sin. You can go back to it. You can't listen. If you've ever been saved, the devil cannot beat you past that. 
Ain't no, he can take you back to it and make you sit down on the rock and lay on the rock and crawl around on the rock, but he cannot take you off the rock if you ever got on the rock. Now, there I was, and I got my answer, and, I, and I've had that answer ever since. But as I begin to grow in the Lord a little bit, if you want to keep from doubting, grow in the Lord. Read your Bible. Pray. When the Spirit of the Lord comes by your heart and knocks on you, move with Him. Be obedient to Him. You may say, Preacher, this ain't what we need. I can't help it. It's all God give me. The thought that He gave me was about that travailing woman. And boy, He began to tell them over there. He said, Can a woman bring forth before she has her pain? He said, Will that, will that happen? He said, Who ever heard of such a thing? Now you may say, Well, you're one of them old preachers that believe the church saves some Somebody. Church don't save nobody. I will say this. Uh, the church don't save nobody, but you won't get saved without the church. Now, let me explain that. Somebody said, well, wait a minute, preacher. Well, the power comes through the church. The power. And you know how we reach the power? That's where the travailing, that's where the sorrow comes in. That old mother, I'll go back to her. That old church that night, I was lost and undone. You know what she done? She didn't, them old preachers preached. But what happened was they had been a praying. And boy, they kept that right spirit around there. And that night when it come to my heart and it cut me, the word of God, oh, they, they had prayed. We used to sing a song around home. We don't sing it much no more. A wall of prayer. But they had been a praying and they had that wall up enough that they could hold the old enemy back, the old deceiver. And God began to deal with me and I made my way to him before the old devil could move in. And, and you may think, tonight preacher and I may not be able to travel that scripture so deep I, I may not be able to get into it too deep tonight I, but this is the thought God give me I, I mean if it took travail I, and it took labor I, back in those days I, if God give the example of that in that day I, if even then when he lived and walked here I, he give that example of and, and you may say but listen he was talking to his disciples there and he said said, you're going to be very sorrowful. But he said, you're going to be sorrowful for a little while, and then you'll get to rejoice. And I thought, boy, you know, it's sort of the same way in the church, ain't it? If we want to get in a meeting, if we really, there's some people, and I've been preaching a long time, there's some people that go through a whole revival and they never get in. They'll come every night, but they won't never get in. They'll never get to the place to turn loose and say, God, whatever you want of me, I'll be willing. Ever how you want to use me, Lord, to be a help to some lost sinner, I'll be willing. And this is what I want you to understand. If we want to have a revival, it's going to take some sorrow. It's going to take some heaviness. Now, I understand that's not a popular thing in the day we live. And I'm going to be honest with you. The majority of the churches today... And the old, even in the, it's getting, it's, and you may think it ain't, but it's a getting in our old time churches. The majority of the churches in our land today are getting to the place. And I believe I mentioned this the other night at my home church. We're, we're getting to that place. I can't remember if it was Paul that said it or if it was Simon Peter. But he said that the, the time's going to come that they will not endure sound doctrine. But they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they'll be turned unto fables rather than the word of God. 
Now, I may not have quoted all that right, but my point is this. He didn't say the Word of God wouldn't be there. He said people won't endure it. You know, to endure the Word of God, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I've told this, I think, probably down here before, but I I was preaching in a revival one time, and I I guess maybe I went longer than what some thought I ought to, but I can't help that. And and this little teenage boy come up to me after church, and he said, Preacher, you do know you can't hold nobody's attention over 20 minutes, don't you? A teenager was bold enough to come up to the I, I I still ain't bold enough to go up to a preacher and tell him that. Even if I felt that way, I wouldn't go up to a man of God and tell him that. But this young boy, and I said, where did you hear that at? And he said, well, it's, it's been studied. It's been studied. We Listen to me. Uh, boy, and I'm not against education at all. You need to get what you can, can what you get. But listen to me. Them people out there don't know everything. It amazes me. Do you know people writes them books and does all them studies? They're just people too. Do you know that? And lots of them don't know the Lord. Lots of them never been down to an altar of prayer. Never sorrowed their way through repentance. That's why I want you to understand, lost sinner, if you get saved, there's got to be a sorrow. The Bible said a godly sorrow will work repentance. Unto salvation not to be repented of. A worldly sorrow worketh death. There's lots of folks in the day we live, and I, and I, I boy, it breaks my heart, but I've seen it. It's, it's in our churches in the day we live. But it seems like people worry more about numbers. How many can we get? How many can we tell others that we had saved? I hope there's a hundred saved while this meeting's going. That, and you may say, well, preacher, that's a stretching it a little. Well, if the Lord saved 3,000 in a day, I don't think a hundred in ever how long this meeting goes would be asking too much. I don't believe it would. If we think it would be asking too much, we probably need to pray some more. I'm going to be honest with you. God is still able to save a hundred people. And there's an old preacher down home. He's, uh, he, he belongs over where I pastor at. He said, he told me, it had been a few weeks ago, but he said the biggest meeting I ever heard come through this country, and it come through the... The Holland area, out of Scottsville. Some of y'all probably are familiar with that. I believe the church is Mount Zion. Maybe it's the name of the church. But he said the biggest meeting, that, that, and he's a big history guy. He goes through and gets all these records. Says them up. But he said there was 60, I can't remember if he said 61. There was 60 some. It was a little better than 60 that got saved in that meeting. And it went on four or five weeks. Do you know most, and I'm not saying this, but most Baptist folks, most missionary Baptist folks today would pass out if a meeting went four weeks. They'd pass, it's, it's unheard of. There's no way it could happen. Boy, I'm thankful I've been in one or two of those. I've been in one or two of those. I've been blessed to be in one or two of those that God just met with you. And this is what we get in our mind. And I know people, they, they got their own ideas about different things. But listen to me. The sorrow that it took back in this day when the Lord was talking about that woman that was in travail and how that she saw. Do you understand? I mean, that's been from the beginning. Ever since sin come in, the sorrow was put upon that woman to bear children in sorrow 
Torah, he said, you'll bear your children. And you may think tonight, well, preacher, I, we, we've, got so, we've, got so under, we've got so much knowledge today that we didn't have then. Listen, I want you to understand this. Our knowledge really don't amount to much uh, uh, if it ain't of God. Uh, and listen, the Lord used that example and he was trying to let the people know. And I'll get around to the good part here in a minute about the sorrow and about the pains and about the travail. It still takes that. If it took that back in 1795 when this church was organized, I walked out there and read that tonight. I had read it before, but had forgot the dates. But boy, I mean, that's a thank you. You think back how long that was. And during the Civil War and all the unrest that was going on, we think we had it bad through this COVID. I mean, them people, they, they, and, and most back then, they didn't have armored vehicles to drive to church. They was on foot or in horses and buggies and wagons, and no doubt, probably lots of times could have been in danger of a different troop being in the area. But that thing out there says that they kept having meeting here during the Civil War. Y'all read that? It's pretty interesting. And I thought, boy, you know, we... The government shut us plumb down there for some folks longer than others. Some, some, some churches still shut down, I'll be honest with you. And you may think tonight, I'm, boy, I'm not making light of anybody or anything. I want you to understand. I, and, I, and that's one thing good. I, I, did, I don't have a, a big technology skill, but my son-in-law, and there we was, and nobody could do nothing, you know, hardly. You just, it just sort of blindsided us. And never been in a time like it in my life. And I thought, Lord, I can't just sit. I sat there at the house about two weeks, and some of the brothers I knowed up around Louisville was putting stuff out there on, on um, YouTube or whatever, you know. And I'd enjoy listening to them, but I thought, Lord, I've got a flock of people down there that's hungry. I've got a flock of people that need feeding. What can I, how can I be a pastor to them? If here we are, we can't, can't even open our doors. What, what am I going to do? My son-in-law, he told me one Sunday, he said, Now, Tim, if you want to do that, if you feel like you need to do that, he said, I can, I can do that. I didn't know. I said, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't, you know. I said, I just don't know. I said, I'm going to have to pray. And boy, I got to pray in there for that week. And by the time Friday rolled around, I called my son-in-law and I said, Can you meet me down there at the church? Sunday morning. About 9 or 9.30. I said, I'm going to get one of the deacons to come. I said, I, I've got to try. I said, my people need some food. And it ain't, listen, it ain't the same. It ain't the same. When you're preaching to an empty room, just one or two people there. But it was the best we could do at the time. It was, it was all we could do. And, and boy, the, I, this is what I know. I know the Lord helped me. And I know the Lord preached me. And there'd be people, this is what I didn't see. This is, we get our blinders on sometimes and we don't understand how God can take something. You remember what he done with, uh, who was it back there, the coat of many colors? Joseph, wasn't it? But you remember how Joseph told his brothers, he said, what you meant for evil, God used it for good. <laughs> and I, what, what a lot of folks meant to be evil and shut a lot of things down, boy, there for a little while, it, it, got, it got some people fired up. And they was people, they was people texting me that did not believe like I believed. Was not raised like I was raised. 
And you know what that, that text is saying? Seeing you on YouTube today, I want you to know, appreciate what you preached. I'm like, are you serious? This thing's bigger. Say, I don't understand how all that stuff works, but God does. See, a lot of, a lot of these people, whatever that feller's name is, it, uh, big money man, the globalist, Windows. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I can't think of his name right off. But anyhow, a lot of people think he's the first feller that ever thought of all this internet and how this stuff could travel across all this, this Wi-Fi connection stuff and all that stuff. They think that God knew it years ago. Yeah. He knew it. It's not nothing new to him. It didn't surprise him when it came out. The virus, when they, when they got all that started, it didn't surprise the Lord. It's, it may have took me and you off guard, but it didn't surprise the Lord. And you may think tonight, preacher, why in the world would you come down here? This is what you... Listen, he said those that are sorrow, he said, I, you've never heard of anything that a woman would bring forth before she pains, before she travails. He said, will I, will I bring to the birth and then not cause to bring forth? And and some of you I've heard mention already lost sinners that might be in our midst. Listen, God, if God brings them here, you know what He'll do. If we'll labor and we'll travail, you know what God will do. God will get them to the place they can be born through the Spirit and the power of God. And when they get born, you know what we'll be like? We'll be like that woman over there that the Lord likened when He was talking to His disciples. He said that woman when she's in sorrow... When she's travailing and she's in labor, I, I could go back. My wife's here tonight, and I'm thankful. I, boy, the God's been good to us. I, did, I don't, was I a grandpa last time I was here? I don't know if I was or not. I am now. Got three of them and another on the way. Ain't nothing like them, is he? I, I mean, they're, they're rich in your life. I, I, but listen to me. I, God blessed me with a good wife I, and a good home and a good family. I, I, but I remember, I, I'm just, I'm sort of, to be honest with you, yeah, I'll get done here in a minute, maybe. But I'm on that borderline of old school and that I don't know what generation they call us. I can't remember, really. They've got them names so different now, the Z's and the uh, millennials and the baby boomers. I might be in that bunch, maybe. I might be old enough. If I am, I barely am, probably. But I'm sort of on that borderline. And that, that stuff was just coming around then where the men go in there. You know, and I didn't know really how I felt about that. And I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, not that it was going to bother me. I just didn't know if that was my place or not, you know, really to be in there. And you may say, listen, it, it don't, and I, I just am what I am. I can't help. I just, and some of you I know surely have farmed, but pulling a calf or, a foal out of a mire. I'm, that, I ain't got no problem with all that stuff. So it, that wasn't going to bother me. But that was my wife. And, that, that's, and, I, and so they begin to talk about getting ready. And we didn't do none of them classes. I just talked to some people that had, you know. And I, I, can, I can remember still I was sort of debating. And me and her, she would say, well, I wish you would. But you, you just do whatever you need to do. And, I got to praying on it. This was sort of the way the Lord brought it to me. That's a, that's made, they've made access for you now. And that child in her womb is you. It's part of you. And if you can't do nothing but just go and be a strength, just go and be a strength.
So I went. And, and, and I know y'all, y'all may think, but this, it, it amazed me. She was, in, she was in labor and she, she was in pain. And they give her, on, on our first child, they give her, I don't think she, I, didn't, I don't ask her to approve of my messages before. If she don't, I guess I'll hear it on the way home. But, <laughs> but I, I, the, our first child, they give her something, the uh, epidural. And I, I guess they still do that. And, 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 and she was a totally, when they sent me out and they done that to her and I come back in, she was a totally different woman. I mean, she didn't even act the same. I mean, because what it done is it blocked some of that pain, you see. It, it blocked it. And, and, so, and so we have our son, and almost four years later to the day, our daughter is due. And, and you know, you got to be in a certain place there. I won't get into all that, but you, you mothers know what I'm, before they give that. And then if you get a past that place, they can't give it. And my wife was so looking forward and she had asked that little nurse every time, why? Listen, because the pain, it helps block the pain. And she would say, am I about ready for that epidural? And that little nurse would say, honey, not yet. You ain't hardly there yet. And then time went on, and a little while later, that little nurse come in there, and she said, am I about ready for that epidural? And that little nurse said, honey, you fixing to have this baby. There ain't going to be no epidural. And, and my wife become a different woman again. But, but my point is this. The first one that was able to block some of that pain. And, and she didn't. I could tell she wasn't nothing like feeling the pain and the labor pains that would come. And you may think, preacher, why do you listen to me tonight? Spiritually speaking, you know what's happened to most churches? We've took an epidural. And we don't want those labor pains to come. And you may say, preacher, you ain't been here. You don't really know. Listen to me. This is what I want to stand there. He said, those that are in Jerusalem, you, those that have been sorrowing for her, he said, now rejoice with her. And I'll say, if we want to rejoice, we'll have to labor some. We'll have to travail some. And I ain't pointing fingers. Somebody said, you've come down here to just whip us and wear us out. Oh, no. You've called me to be your helper. Tim Eaton I have to labor. Tim Eaton I have to sorrow. Tim Eaton I have to get under the load. But boy if we will, you know what will happen? God will let us rejoice at the end of the meeting. And you may think you may say, I thought about that scripture. I looked it up over there and I don't know if I put my marker but it talked about those that go forth weeping. I believe it's in Psalms. He said those that go forth weeping bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. You know, I, I, I just am what I am. If you, and if you run me off, I'll just go back home knowing I preached what God gave me. But it still takes labor. It still takes sorrow. Not just on the lost sinner's part but on the church part. And you may say, well, preacher, are you saying I can't get saved? Listen to me. If you're here tonight and lost, if God's dealing with you and he's drawing you to the altar, if you'll come to him, he'll save you. But boy, the church can be a help to you if the church a labor and if the church a sorrow and if the church a get in that place uh, that she'll just take that what, what is her load to bear if she'll get under that load uh, and begin to care. Somebody said, how do you, what are you talking 
talking about, well, I believe every one of you in here has been in this way enough. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When we can carry our lost sinners uh, to the cross. Uh, we used to sing an old song. Uh, I, I can't remember uh, what was the name of that thing. Leave it there, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. You know if we'll take these lost uh, and get under that load and get a sorrowful heart. Uh, I know people in the day we live uh, and I had a man tell me this one time. He said you just don't smile enough to be a preacher. And I, I really didn't know how to take him. I mean, anybody, any, now while I'm preaching, I don't smile much. It's, do you, I mean, do you, this is life or death. This ain't, it, it's not, I, I, there's a lot of folly about me. If you know me outside, Jason's worked with me a long time. He knows I'm a big kidder and cut up and we've golfed together. And I mean, we've had, but listen to me tonight. This is heaven or hell. This is life or death. This, this ain't a game. This, if you're here tonight and lost, this is, not a, this is not a little fairy tale that's just passing by. When God deals with your heart and He lets you know you're lost, you're on dangerous ground, friend. I don't care if you're 9 or if you're 19 or if you're 90. When you're lost and you know you're lost, you're on dangerous ground. And what you need to do from that very point, I'd tell my children, I'd beg them this. And I never aggravated my children too much. I don't think I didn't wear them out with it. Every once in a while, God had let me talk, especially to the boy, more than the girl. Uh, but God had let me talk to him. We'd be out on the farm, uh, and I'd say, Son, uh, I don't know if you've ever felt the Lord deal with you or not yet. Uh, uh, that's between you and him. Uh, uh, but this one thing I can tell you, uh, that day's going to come. Uh, that God's going to knock on your heart. Uh, he's going to come by and let you know you're a lost sinner, uh, and you've got no hope of making it to heaven, uh, and that you're hell-bound. Uh, and please, please, I beg you, when God lets you know that, run to Him as fast as you can. Don't push Him away. Don't turn Him away. But seek Him with all your heart. And all He would tell me is He'd say, Daddy, I will. Daddy, I will. And one night, I don't know, He was probably 14, 13 or 14, I guess, wasn't He, Mama? Something like that at my home church. One night, I seen God get a hold of Him. And He made His way up toward the Amen corner. And He bowed over there uh, and, and I, I believe he bowed one night and didn't get saved come back the next night uh, and he got plumb up in the amen corner uh, and I didn't even, I was praying back here. Ours is about like this. There's three benches over here too. But he was back right over there, buried down under the bench. And I was right in here, I think, or I might have been in between them two. But after the church had prayed, the old church, there, there you go again. The church had got under that load. The church, and I mean, ain't, ain't it something how we can tell, you can tell the difference when the church is really praying and when we're just sort of saying words, can't you? There's a different sound to it. It, it. it sounds different when the church begins to get a hold of heaven and it begins to ring the bells of glory. And boy, the church had prayed and pulled and we just sort of got to that place where we was standing around. And maybe there might have been a singing, but I was standing to where I could see him when he looked up. And I was standing where I could see his face. And he found me. And he said, Dad, I got it. You talk about a blessing. Ain't nothing like it. I mean, it wasn't as good as when I got saved, but boy, it was close. 
And I'm thankful. I've, I've, and, and that was good that night. But the good part is this. He's 31 now. And the good part is this. I've heard him stand and testify of that same night. I've heard him thank the Lord for how God's been good to him. How God's been. That's, that still helps me, see. Because I know that the God that's helped me and been with me will be with him if he'll just trust in him. I know tonight I've been awful scattered, seemed like. But this is what I want you to understand, church. We can rejoice, but we can't rejoice before we labor. It'll take the labor. It'll take the travail. Just as that mother, when she labors and travails, and my wife, if I will, if it's all right, I'm going to allude back to her. But all the pain, our daughter, Sarah, the one without the epidural, when, when that time come, it seemed like my wife was able to push and boom, there was the baby. And, and as much pain as she was in, when, when they got her in shape to give her back to my wife, my wife never complained about not having an epidural. She never complained about, boy, this, how bad this hurt or how bad. Why? For the same reason I read that scripture over there. Because of the joy that a man child was brought into the earth. You see what I'm saying? And, and what, we, what, what the devil gets us to do, and I'm about done, but as, even as God's people, he gets us to looking around and saying, well, so-and-so ain't been a praying, or they ain't been a coming, or they ain't testified in forever. And well, Why should you be very worried about it? And if we ain't careful, we'll begin. Well, I'll go back to some more scripture there, will you? That, I can't remember which old prophet that said it, but he said it this way. He said, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. And he, in the scripture I read to you out of Isaiah, you remember what he said? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So it takes the travail. It takes the labor. And boy, when we get at ease in Zion and we get to thinking... There ain't much, this is, I'm going to be honest with you, majority of the church world, and I, I say this, not maybe old, our old churches, but the majority of the church religious world. You know what, this is, most of them are looking for a pastor that'll preach, that'll counsel with all the loss that come, that'll do all the praying, that'll do everything. Let's just, let's just pay him off. Let's give him enough money and let him do all that. We don't, let, let's, let's, don't be, let's don't be tied down with that. That ain't the way revival's going to come. It'll t God put each member in the body as it pleased him, and we've all got a part in it. And boy, if we'll be willing to do our part, you know what God will do. God will help you, Pastor, to preach to us what we need. He'll help the helper to preach to us what we need. Then he'll help you to testify and he'll help you to sing and he'll help you to pray. And as we begin to labor together and we begin to get under that load and say, God, we can't do nothing without you. We need you to save our lost children and our lost friends and our lost neighbors. And if you don't come by and get a hold of them, Lord, there ain't nothing we can do for them, but we're trusting you and we're just going to keep a praying. And when that load gets it's on us and we take it to him trusting and believing he will then he'll do the work that me and you can't do and that saving part's all his 
And I'm glad tonight that there's an old church that labored and prayed and pulled around me. Didn't nobody ever say a word to me. And I don't want anybody to think I've got anything against saying anything to lost sinners. I ain't if God's giving you leadership. But if he ain't, you, you just need to leave him alone if he ain't giving you leadership. But boy, that old church, she was a-praying that night. She was a-praying. And lost sinner, this is what I want you to understand. I don't know who here is lost and who ain't lost. Their prayers ain't going to save you. If you get saved, it'll be because of your prayer. David said, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplication. What their prayers will do will help carry you to that place that you can be right there at the foot of the cross. The rest of that journey, the mother can't go on. It's you and the Lord. And what you do with that opportunity is between you and him. And when that day comes that you stand before that just God and you've had that opportunity, you won't be able to point your finger. I do not want to go back to Monroe County when this revival meeting is over and have to waller around in the bed at night and say, God, I know you put that scripture on my heart, but I just couldn't read it to them people. They'd have thought I was crazy if I'd have preached that to them. I just couldn't do that, Lord. You see, I'll have to answer to the Lord for what I preach to you, but we'll have to answer to the Lord for what we do and don't do in this meeting as well. So church, let's labor and let's travail and let's sorrow and let's be a looking while we're doing that in faith for the joy. That's a coming on out there and in that journey. Because it will come. God promised it would. Lost sinner, when that trouble sets up in your soul, I'm a-begging you. Well, when, if you get far enough down the journey, and then I'm done getting you a song. If you get far enough down in the journey that godly sorrow sets up, you're going to get saved. You'll get saved. There's a big difference in knowing you're lost. Being under conviction and that sorrow getting heavy upon your soul. If you know you're lost tonight, all you can do is beg God to send back by that opportunity to come. That's all you can do. Without Him drawing you, you can't come. Somebody said, Well, preacher, does that mean I ain't? It don't mean you ain't lost. If you know you're lost and you ain't never been saved, you're still lost. But boy, if He ain't beckoning you through His Spirit to come to Him, you can't come to Him. It's just Bible. But I'm glad tonight that he's still merciful and he's long-suffering. And he don't want you to die lost. He wants to save you. And if you'll come to him right, he's still a saving God. I know that's, I didn't, I didn't even much more than scratch that scripture. But that's what the Lord laid on my heart. Let's be willing to sorrow, church. Let's be willing to labor. Let's be willing to travail. And let's be looking forward to the joy and the rejoicing that'll come when we do. I'm glad the way ain't changed. It's still the same. Lost sinner, he'll save you if you'll come to him. That's the little message we'll give away to the singers at this time. Everybody mind the Lord.